Hey, what's up guys? I am back with another episode of Resurgence. And today I am going to be talking about what's the difference between a church and a cult? Whoa. That is some some heavy 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 topic to be to be talking about and I'm going to try. And I already tried and I had to delete that one because it was not good. And I'm not very good at this. So why am I doing it? I don't know, but here I am trying to dissect the difference between a church and a cult. I'm just going to I'm just going to do it, you know? I'm I'm actually kind of nervous about doing it because I really don't want to give like the wrong message and at the same time I don't want to give like a really upsetting message because I, I don't want I don't want people to misinterpret what I have to say about this because this is actually a lot trickier than I thought it was going to be and when I recorded the last one I was like oh my gosh I am all over the place like this is this is going to be insane and when I mean last one I mean like the one I literally just recorded right before this one and then deleted because I didn't like it and so I'm going to give this another shot because oh boy I really I really put myself and I'm really stuck in a stuck in a pickle right now because <laughs> this is kind of hard. But we're gonna try, and we're gonna try to do this as best as we can. I'm gonna try to keep my mind together, and I am going to try to stay on topic and make it one fluid thought. And we're just gonna go straight, just gonna go straight. So let's dive right into it, shall we? What is the difference between a church and a cult? Well, let's just start with what is a church. And what is a cult? What are the definitions? So the biblical definition of a church is the assembly of Christians. Uh, for a lot of people, they think of a lowercase c church, which is a building. And though, yes, there are churches, uh, there's also like a universal church that all Christians are a part of. Once you become a believer, once you accept Jesus as your savior, you repent of your sins and you dedicate your life to following him, you are a part of the universal uppercase c church. And... Why didn't I just say capital C? Instead, I had to go with uppercase. See, and then I, I'm tempted to just delete all of this all over again, but I'm not going to do that because that's just too much work now. I'm already like two minutes into this. Whatever. <laughs> We're just going to go with uppercase C, church. And all Christians are a part of this. You know, whether they might know it or not, depending on their knowledge of, you know, theology and the Bible, you are you, you are now a member of the body of Christ, as Paul talks about, and therefore you're a part of the the capital C church. So that's the definition of a Christian church. I'm going to keep all of the religions out of this, okay? This topic of difference between like a church and a cult, it really could go on for hours and hours about like all these other religions. What does a cult look like in these other religions? What does a cult look like in Christianity? I'm going to be talking about perfect Christianity, and though it does not exist in any of our hearts, I'm talking about like what the Bible defines Christianity as. What is the difference between what a cult is and what the Bible demands out of Christians and the church in like the book of Acts and what Paul says throughout all of his letters to each individual church and what Peter says to the churches and what John says to the seven churches in Revelation. Uh, and so what is what is going to be the difference between a cult and like that kind of church people who are trying to do the best that they can to be a, a perfect church by no means do they admit that they're perfect churches they're very flawed but 
they realize that they are saved by God's boundless grace and his mercy, and they're saved by the blood of Jesus, and they live every waking moment trying to honor God with their lives and trying to evangelize and disciple uh, other believers. So what is the difference between that kind of church and a cult? So what is the difference between a cult? That is another great question. So I have three definitions here. Uh, the first one is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. The second one is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. And number three, a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or feeling. Feeling. Thing. Person or thing. So, I have come to the conclusion that a cult cannot exist without all three of these. You know, you usually, like, you look up, this was by the Oxford Dictionary, by the way, you usually, like, look up words and, like, it'll give you, like, well, here it is as a noun, and here it is as an adjective, and here it is as a verb. These are all, like, nouns. This is what a cult is. It involves, it envelops all three of these definitions and I don't I don't think a cult really exists without like another one like if a cult uh, or if someone claims that they're in a cult and it has like a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure object but it doesn't have a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing then it's probably not a cult because there's nothing wrong in having like a religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. And I'm talking about negative cults. I don't know if there's anything like a positive cult. Is there? It'd be the church. <laughs> um, would, and I'm actually, I'll actually get into that. Like why the church type kind of could be a cult, but not the cult that people you know think it is. So I'll just start about like what came to my mind like why did I choose to do the difference between a church and a cult well I saw a TED talk like two weeks ago of this woman who she actually left a church she didn't leave the church she left a church that's really important to know she left a lowercase c church she did not leave the capital C church uh, because there can be churches that are not a part of the church and I, I just want to put that out there and, and remember that as I'm talking, that there's a difference between the church and a church. The church is made up of exactly what I said, believers who believe that Christ has saved them on the cross and that they were born again with him through his death and his resurrection and that they choose to pick up their crosses every day. They devote their lives to him so that one day they may be with him in paradise and they will fulfill their, their purpose glorifying him that is the true church a singular church like uh, just a small community of people who get together every Sunday do not necessarily have to be a part of this capital C church excuse me while I take a sip of my delicious raspberry lemonade that is disgusting I don't know why my wife bought this stuff that is really gross Anyways, I'm sorry that you had to hear me gulp <laughs> and wipe off my mustache real quick. I'm actually going to keep that in there. I'm not going to edit that out because I like making people feel uncomfortable, so that's going to stay. But anyways, this woman from the TED Talk, she left the lowercase C church, not the capital C church. And she was talking about, you know, why she left. And from what I could see, this lowercase C church had a lot of like this, man, it was, it was very legalistic. It was 
claiming to be, you know, a part of God's body. And I mean, it was a church, it was a Christian church, but they clearly weren't following the biblical doctrine of what the Bible says or, or anything. <laughs> they were making up their own rules, uh, their own laws. For instance, she, uh, they got upset at her because she showed up to a meeting wearing red lipstick. Okay, there is nothing in the Bible that condemns that. Nothing. And they believe that she wasn't a Christian because she wasn't wearing red lipstick. And so that is why, that's part of the, that's not why she left the church, but like, that's part of the reason why she left that church is because of all their legalism. It wasn't making sense. They weren't honoring God. They were honoring themselves. They were creating rules for themselves to keep people in fear. Uh, it was, it was controlling. It was, it was to have power, to have power over people. And it made them feel empowered. And so she left this church and claimed it was, um, a cult. And, you know, when I was first listening to it, I was like, well, that doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound like a cult. It sounds, you know, just like a bad church. And then I, I kept thinking and I, I was like, wait, no, that, that is a church. That's not the church. That's not every church, but she's like, that's a church. And it can be also it can be a cult, you know, just because you are a part of a church, a self-proclaimed church, just because it says church outside of the building does not mean that it is a church. It can also be a cult. And so I was like, whoa, I can actually, I can make an episode on the difference between what is a, an actual church and what is a cult, you know? And this is for us to like analyze the churches we go to, which most of my listeners go to my church. <laughs> but if you listening to this and you go to a church I mean analyze your church I'm not trying to make you not go to church or anything like that but I, I mean there should be accountability for our churches and you should know whether or not you are attending a cult or you are attending a church and so what are the difference between the two and I'm going to start off by the leaders who are leading these churches or cults let's pretend we don't know yet what is like let, let's take like a like a social experiment kind of like we were out in the field observing these churches or just these group gatherings that claim to be religious and they claim to be Christian and they they claim to be Christian and they claim to follow God and you know everything that you would usually find in like something Christian and we're trying to label whether or not they're a church or a cult let's look at the leaders what are the leaders teaching in a cult the leaders teach fear they strike fear into their followers so that they can keep their followers. Because in a true cult, it is all about the leader and it is nothing to do about God. I mean, we can see this through all history. If you just go online and Google cults uh, in American history, you will see that every single leader claimed to have some sort of connection to God. They either claimed to be Jesus or some version of Jesus and they had a connection to God, some divine, I don't know, relationship with him. But it was really to manipulate people to believe in him or her, but mostly him, in, into joining his little thing so that he could sexually abuse young girls and women so that he could build his own small army of men and exclude themselves from society. And it was all about him. It was all about getting power. And it's just narcissism. It's just pure evil. I mean, it is evil. There's nothing righteous about what cults do. 
and you know that is like a an extreme case i mean we obviously know you know of a, a few stories in american history of where like oh yeah oh yeah that was a cult you know but there are also like this woman she left this church that i don't, I don't even think would be legally defined as a cult because the, you know the leaders are claiming that you know like there's a pastor and there's a there's a board and you know they're they're just hiding under under the shadows and they're just manipulating people secretly. They're not going out in the news. They're not standing out in the streets or doing whatever. You know, they're not building their own structures out in the middle of the woods uh, and excluding themselves from society. They are, you know, quite literally like wolves in sheep's clothing. And this is what this is what she fled, and that is what leaders do. And, on the extreme case of ex- like exclusiveness and on the less extreme case where it's still exclusive but it is like right smack dab in the middle of your city you know you don't you don't really know until you see the rest of the world and then you're like whoa i was living in a community that was exclusive and they didn't allow me to think freely and they chose what i had to think what i had to eat what i had to wear where i had to go that is a cult that's a that is a cult following and i think that some people do it willingly and i think that other people have no idea that they're involved in such sort sort of things so the it is a very um it, it, it isn't very black and white is what i'm trying to say it's not very black and white between you know uh like a, a cult and a church sometimes church, cults can uh, um cloak themselves to be a church so that that's the leadership now let's look at the followers in the, the followers of both a church and the followers of a cult do the followers feel like they can leave at any time that they want to if they do then I would say they're a part of a church and they're not a part of a cult if you walk into my church I sure hope that you feel like you could leave and and leave feeling not convicted but not like ashamed because our our church's goal is you know to convict people to to Christ you know we share the gospel for crying out loud and that's our that's our job as a church um but not to shame people that like if you if you stop coming to our church if you if you stop doing what i say then you're you're going to hell all of you and and if you don't follow me you're you're lost forever i have a i have a divine connection to god you know if you are attending something like that and you feel like you can you can't leave you can't leave that community then you're probably a part of a cult churches do this they they create bubbles where they manipulate they say you can't go to a movie theater uh because that's sinful but you can watch as many movies as you want in the comfort of your home you know no one no one knows or you can't you can't wear that when you're out in, in public even though the bible doesn't really i mean yeah you want to be modest but you don't got to wear denim denim skirts all year long i mean that sounds terrible i, mean, I like jeans but sometimes they just you know they just rub up against you wrong you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> and i i'm i'm sure that you know god when he, he he planted the idea of sweatpants in someone's mind and and thank god for that for sweatpants and, and and khakis and especially flexible khakis oh you know you you don't feel like you're 
you're trapped anywhere. You've you're free to sprint, run, um, yeah, anything. <laughs> and the the cults they hate that stuff. They hate that stuff. But anyways, that is you know a, a sign of a cult as well. If the followers feel like they they are following all these rules and they really don't know why, they just know that they have to because it's what their leaders are telling them to do, and they don't feel like that they can leave. Christianity is a choice. I believe a cult is also a choice that you make. I mean, you really can't blame everything on the outside world. Everybody has some faults in their own decisions. Whether it's good or bad, you're at fault. But you should also feel obligated to leave, and, and I, I do. I feel like I could leave my church if I wanted to. I don't want to because I feel welcome there, and I feel at home, and I feel loved and cared for without fear. And I know that if I were to leave, they would be maybe sad. I think some would be upset, but I wouldn't fear for like my life or necessarily like like my my career or the, or the rest of my life. If that if you if you guys know what I mean, you know by that. You know, there's some people who who quite frankly couldn't leave because like that was their life. But I I'm allowed to to go out and to mingle with the outside world. I'm I have plenty of friends who are both Christian and who don't don't claim to be a part of any sort of religion at all and my church doesn't hate me for that in fact they they uh encourage me to do that and and a church does do that if you look in the book of acts they went out and spoke to thousands of people who were not them because they wanted to bring people in they wanted to bring people in and so that kind of brings me to the third point is the exclusiveness i already said that a little bit in the leadership bit but the exclusiveness of a church and of of a cult um, is a cult exclusive? The answer would be yes. They do not reach out to the outside world. Can a church be exclusive? Yes. Should they be? No. The signs of a probably a true and healthy church is one that is inclusive, not tolerant. I have to throw that in there nowadays. A church does not have to be tolerant, but a church should always be accepting. If somebody wants to join a church, regardless of who they are, they should feel like they can because Christianity is very welcoming. Jesus was a very welcoming person. You know, he is the leader of Christianity. And he, if you were to look at him, some people might argue like, well, he he sure does show signs of, you know, cultish behavior. And okay, sure. Um, But I think he has more signs that also show that he is more of just a loving human slash God, (laughs) one in the same then he is somebody who just strikes fear. You know, he made friends with with prostitutes and tax collectors and if you truly if you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he is God then you would know throughout the whole history of God building up to the point of Jesus um, that all the people that he picked to lead the Israelites were not the best best of men. And you know, and, and I'm bringing this up because Christianity claims to, you know, like you, you must follow this, you must follow this, you must follow that in order to, in order to gain inheritance of the kingdom of God. And that is true. That is very true. But that is also why there is God's grace. And God's grace was offered to many, many men who did not deserve to be, even be a part of this religion. That's what I'm trying to say. There was people who did not deserve to be. Peter, he denied Jesus three times when he shouldn't have. In, in Jesus is like most detrimental moment he was you know just about to find out that he was going to be hung on a cross 
and he was being tortured, he was being whipped, spat on, and he needed, he, he was human, he needed a friend, he needed a community uh, to, to help him. I mean, it was a part of God's will that all of this happened, but Peter denied him and should not have been welcomed back by Jesus, but he was. And so that just shows that Jesus is inclusive. Even though Jesus has a set of laws and a set of rules that you must follow, and if you don't follow them, then yeah, you, if you don't, if you don't follow God's laws, then are you, are you a Christian? And, and if you don't believe in God's grace, even more so, if you don't believe in God's grace, in connection with all of this laws, are you, are you Christian? I'm not going to answer that for people. It's just a question. But Jesus was very inclusive towards anyone who, who wanted to be a part of it. And cults, I, I would say, you know, would welcome people in if, if people wanted to be a part of it. Uh, but for anyone who has, like, any concerns or hesitations or speculation or anything, anything of the sorts, uh, then they're not welcomed and they're hated. And that's where the exclusiveness is, is Jesus still, still doesn't, like, hate those who don't want in. Jesus still loves the outsider and has open arms for the outsider and and it doesn't try to shame people into our religion so that is the third point of uh, the difference between what is you know a church and, and what is a cult the fourth one i would be I, i'd say is like the 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 ideas and like what is what is the objective once again this kind of just like it, it, it's very similar to all my last three points. Is like, what is what is the agenda? Well, if I were to okay, let's let's take the Nazis for instance, and I'll compare the Nazis to Christians. I really hope that I'm not like walking on a thin wire right now, <laughs> but let's let's compare Nazis to Christians. I am going to say that Nazi Nazism or whatever that political party that was a cult because they were not accepting of all people groups even those that did not want to be a part of them they hated and they chased after and they killed i would say that that is a cult if you do not have blonde hair if you do not have blue eyes you can to be a part of our religion it, it really was a religion and hitler was the god <laughs> the, the whole heil hitler i mean that is that is a sign of worship Christians bow before God and Hitler or Hitler's followers shot their hands up in the air and screamed out his name. I would say that that is a, a clear sign of worship. They loved they loved him. So let's let's compare Nazis to to Christians and the ideals and everything. Did Jesus and Hitler both believe that they were right? Yes, they both believed that they were right. Did they both want people to follow them? Yes. Were they both truthful of what would happen if, if you didn't follow them? I wouldn't say that Hitler just, you know, came, he wouldn't be the leader that he was if he just came out and said, if you don't believe, you know, what I believe, you're going to be hung in, in your street. I don't think it was necessarily did that, but like it was very evident of what Hitler believed and what the Nazis believed. You walk out in the middle of your street and you'd see Jews hanging by their necks. And it, it was sad. <laughs> But like you, you knew, you know, what their what their beliefs were, and and Jesus made his beliefs very known as well. Some people wanted in, inheritance into the kingdom of God, and when he told them how to do it, they walked away. But he did not force them 
to walk away. He did not make them walk away. They just walked away on their own because they didn't want to give up their, their lives to join what Jesus had. And that is the biggest difference between not, you know, like Nazis, this big cult, and Christians is a lot of, you know, they, they both believe that they were right. They both followed their leaders uh, passionately and um, diligently. And in Hitler's case, if you stopped following or if you chose not to follow, you were killed. In Jesus's case, if you stopped following or you didn't follow, you were not killed, uh, but there was always a second chance offered to you. You know, and, and I just took Nazis because that is, uh, everybody knows who the Nazis are. I didn't want to take something where people you know, usually don't know who they are. I mean, I don't know every cult that's been in America. It's never really taught to me in history or anything like that. So I blame my, my public education system for not teaching me that kind of stuff. But, because it does relate to our um, society a lot. But, the, yeah, the reason why I brought that up is because I want to show that there is a, a clear... A clear line, you know, where where cults stand and then where Jesus's church stands. The church stands in grace and in mercy and in salvation and in hope, and cults do not stand in that. They stand in legalism, they stand in laws, they stand in power and selfishness. So I hope that that has been helpful for, you know, anyone who's just ever wondered, well, what's the difference between a church and a cult. And if you still aren't convinced of my four points of the difference between a church and a cult, I would highly recommend that you reach out to me because I would love to continue this conversation. I'd love to be told if I was wrong. Uh, seriously, I mean that on, on in all honestly. Honesty. Ugh. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think if you have any indifferences or, you know, whatever. Uh, if you love everything that I just said, um, you can, you can follow me, you know, uh, I'll start a cult. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not starting a cult called the resurgence at all. It's not my, it's not my aim at all. It's not like I'm making a bunch of, you know, t-shirts for people to wear. And it's not like we're going to have gatherings every Tuesday night at like 11 PM or on candlelit. And you know, it's not like I'm, I'm planning on having just like this movement where if you're not a part of resurgence, then you are against resurgence and thus we will surge against you. That's not my plan at all. <clears throat> all right, thanks for listening to this episode of Resurgence. I really hope that you have enjoyed yourself um, in the midst of COVID-19. Um, a little tip that I would just leave for the COVID-19 stuff, because I said that I was going to talk about it in future episodes, is, hey, just get off social media. For, for uh, a few hours, get off social media. If you have, awesome. If you've been on social media and this is the first time that you have been off and you're listening to me right now, I appreciate it, but get off and do something productive. Find something to do. Go play a game board. Go draw. Go write a story. Go research what is the difference between a church and a cult so that you can come back and tell me why I was wrong. There you go. Just gave you a list of ideas to do to keep your sanity through all this. Once again, thanks for listening to it. I really appreciate your guys' support. Stay tuned for the next one. Bye.